This is our general discussion show, and this week we are back on our bullshit. Uh, so I'm going to tell you right now, no rails. We're done with rails. Um, <clears throat> it's just what we figured out what is best. It's just bumper cars. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Guys, I missed you. Yeah. I missed my invisible, silent listenership. Uh, we took a break last week. And shared with you some negative lands, uh, one of my favorite uh, sound coll- audio collectives. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that. I, I do understand that there were some problems with um, Radio.co with uh, the Sunday night show. So maybe you didn't hear it on Sunday, but it was on Monday. I uh, hope you were there for it. And uh, if not, guess what? That's, that's how the radio rolls. Shit out of luck. That's the magic of radio. Yeah, that's the magic of radio. Blink and you miss it. Um but anyway, we're back this week with a with a whole lot of stuff. Jen, Jesus Christ, uh, it's it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is the season. Yeah, uh, I just want to say off the top, um, one of the one of the cool things that we'd heard about over the last week was actor Elliot Page uh, coming out as trans, and uh, yeah, you know. From what I understand, uh, most everybody is embracing that really well and, and being really positive about it. Not super surprised about that one. Yeah? Yeah. Is that right? I I mean, I'm not going to say I was shocked, but uh, at the same time, I'm not going to say that I you know saw it coming. Uh, well, I think we all look forward to the newly christened Elliot, uh, Elliot Page reprising his role in... Umbrella Academy Umbrella uh, next Academy. season. Yeah. But yeah, so that's happened. That's pretty dope. Uh, also, there's there's uh, been some funny moments with Pat Sajak, who's been doing that whole wheel job uh, for about 40 years nearly. God damn. And is maybe getting a little, little, little sick of people's shit, sounds like. Oh, wait, before I start swearing too much, uh, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, the opinions that we hold here and we're trying do not reflect the opinions of KVSR as a whole. Uh, we are given free reign over these airwaves to do what we do and say what we say. We're thankful for that, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it. And if you don't, fuck you. We're trying show at gmail.com is how you can get a hold of us if you have something to say about that. Good, bad, whatever. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. So anyway, Pat Sajak, I don't know, man. I feel like it's been a rough year for everybody, right? And yeah. I, th- I think that people should maybe uh, kind of ease off. Uh, everybody's a little testy this year, I want to say. so. We're all little testies. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, precisely that. Uh, what kind of what kind of fun stuff has uh, that have you noticed over the last week or so? <laughs> Nothing. I've I've been doom scrolling. I'm in my little I'm in my little hole. Yeah, I just walk around with a scowl on my face at all times. Uh, headphones on. 
Um, did uh, did the talk about the Utah, Romania, California monoliths not uh, okay. not, not give you something? The monolith. I always like a good art installation project, especially mm-hmm. one of mysterious origins. Yeah, it's likely just uh, people all over. Like some somebody made one, and then other people are kind of copying it. There are slight discrepancies in the construction of them. Uh, some people are saying that this uh, might have been Zardulu, the the wizard artist of New York, uh, who kind of makes surrealist works that are just out there waiting to be discovered. Um, the <clears throat> I'm sorry, the anonymous rat person. Yeah, yeah, pizza rat person. Pizza, pizza rat. Yeah, I thought um, it was Zardulu. It's Zardulu from from training rats to hauling large heavy metal sculptures out to the middle of the arizona desert yeah it's quite a leap yeah utah Mm. oh hell i've had arizona on my mind lately um well i mean some people are saying that and uh being on brand as ardulu is is non-committal to whether or not this is something that they've done what they're saying you know is that the that one that showed up in utah was anywhere between uh August of 2015 and October of 2016 that it showed up. So it sat there for some years. Based on, based on, uh, pouring over some, some old Google image. Some over, satellite stuff, yeah. Yeah, overview, uh, yeah. of that area. It was not there and then it was there. Took years for anyone to notice to stumble across it. It's in an, in an area that, doesn't really have trails and it's not typically accessible to it's not other road people accessible it's actually a few miles from yeah, the road you usually have to helicopter in and uh that was one of the reasons that it was taken down as the people who have done it explained that you know they're they they feel bad about taking it down but also they they feel that it was uh really irresponsible and unethical. Oh, is that right? They made a, a public statement on the internet? Yeah. Um, anonymously? Of, no, no. They've they've outed themselves. And, okay. Yeah, they said, we are, we are the people who took it out of the desert in Utah because we saw people pouring in from all over in an area that was not made for masses of people, and they're disturbing uh, the local you know desert scene and everything else. And uh, when there's no when there's no trails, there's no bathrooms, there's no services to, you know, uh, tend to a lot of people. People just end up kind of wrecking the place, obviously, when because they want to go out and get their picture taken with a goddamn monolith and everything else. So I can kind of understand that. Well, it's my understanding that other monoliths, I guess, copycat monoliths, have mm-hmm, popped mm-hmm. up in other areas. Maybe not as well construct or as well attached to the ground. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that becomes a danger too. Yeah. So the one in Romania, Romania again, that one disappeared just kind of uh, under under cover of night, just disappeared. But Romania was actually a welcoming of it. They hoped to get more tourists because it was near an archaeological site and um, like a really old archaeological site that does allow tourism. Um, so they were kind of hoping to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Come and check out the monolith and then also check out our ancient history. Uh, however, the one in California. So this one was uh, on a mountain not far from some trails. And this is the one where it was uh, documented. It was filmed by a few guys uh, who go out there and they're laughing and joking. And um, they had a few uh, pro-Trump moments, you know, and uh, they said, 
we don't want no, you know, aliens here, either from other planets or other countries. Go Trump. And they, they pushed okay. it down and they, they hauled it away. So the one in California was was not taken down by people who were concerned over uh, the ecological, like like the ecosphere surrounding it. They, they were just like, you know, get this sissy, libtard, monolith stuff out of here. Go Trump. Like, basically. Um, Wait, so they did not erect it. They no, simply no, de-erected it. They de-erected it. All yeah. right, way to go, guys. Yeah. Make America great. Yeah, make America monolithless, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, that was, it was just something that was kind of a fun distraction, I think, for a, a few days. And, uh, again, what we're seeing is uh, how how human nature kind of interacts with unexplained things. Mm. And, uh, yeah, guess what? You're going to see some of the worst worst of us in that. Yeah, way to go out on a sour note uh, with that story. <laughs> yeah. I was enjoying it until all that extra information. Well, I mean, you knew it was going to come to that. Mind built to disrupt, never plan my day before I wake up. Gasoline in my cup, throw my hurt in reverse. I'm the greatest in the than my purse sugar. I take my coffee black, yes please I light a candle right before I sleep I'm blazing these flows like a sneeze And you can find me in the trees When I'm in my peace You can try and find me I know I'm hard to reach You can find me in the Also back on his bullshit. Uh, this is Giuliani Bullshit Watch. Bullshit Watch. Uh, Rudy's been windmilling for Trump since the election. And not like the cool kids, uh, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. Giuliani's more like the weird kid uh, who seems to invite mockery. First, we had, I don't know if anybody saw Borat 2. Borat, the 
sequel. But a lot of us did see the uh, clip from the movie with Giuliani in the hotel room uh, trying to remove his mic from his crotch area, apparently spread out on the hotel bed. We don't have to dwell on that. What was his mic in his crotch? You know, I don't work in the business. That was his explanation. We also have the post-election day speech at the Four Seasons Landscaping between the crematorium and the sex shop running a sale called Dildo Madness. <laughs> that was, was that actually happening? Yeah. <laughs> and then at the press conference in which he acted out a scene from My Cousin Vinny while alleging a massive cover-up of uh, systematized countrywide voter fraud, uh, while brown streaks bled down the sides of his temples... People have been having a lot of fun with that. And, uh, well, most recently he called a seven-hour hearing with uh, an election oversight committee in Lansing, Michigan. I think we have a clip. The answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just like you, they don't want to know the truth. not part of that. Well, I, I, will, I, will, I will ask that he be, he be disciplined for that. Now, I think Joe and I, we can agree that we're basically a morning zoo cruise show, but at night and drunk. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're not above fart jokes, uh, but this clip I just shared was unedited. Those were live sounds of farts during the, the mic'd congressional, uh, I'm sorry, um, election oversight hearing. Well, I'm not going to play anymore because I don't think I should be responsible for platforming him, but a Republican House representative in Michigan described Giuliani's closing statements as, quote, wading into the realm of insanity, he made... Wild and broad partisan insults for several minutes that had nothing to do with the election, and it was frankly unacceptable, shameful, and pathetic, and distracts from any evidence that we might hear. I'm utterly embarrassed. And he should be, too, because he's a Republican. Hmm. That sounds a little bit like what people were saying uh, about Trump's 45-minute taped speech. Yeah, yeah. Just embarrassing. Um. Well, the real breakout star from this hearing was one of Rudy's witnesses, uh, a woman contracted to work for Dominion Voting Systems, who passionately insisted she saw thousands of ballots being run through the tabulators multiple times. And I'm going to share some of her testimony right now because it makes me feel homesick. The poll book is completely off. Completely off. Off by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That poll book? Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? So my question then is if the... Guess how many... Wait, what about what about how, what, what about the turnout rate? 120%? Let's, uh, let's let Representative Johnson ask his question. <laughs> my question here is why... We're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. That, that's not the what case. What did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? <laughs> I'm just saying the numbers are not off by 30,000 votes. So I know what I saw. That they're filling in. I know what I saw. And I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Did you? Okay, we're... we're I think just trying to ask you a question here. Yeah, let's let Representative Johnson ask his question, and then don't interrupt him. And then, and then if you we want to probably, respond... We could you know, probably I don't, cut there. I don't want to sound like a misogynist, but gosh, she's annoying as fuck. Well, like she's just horrible. I'm so sorry to hear you say that because uh, that nasally and slightly crazed and slurring voice that you heard is my natural voice as a downriver Michigander. And I've spent years trying to ditch it uh, before just fully congealing into my final Karen form. 
uh, as was bound to happen, but uh, now it only comes out when I'm drunk. So you still probably hear it, and it's probably triggering you. I think, no, well, here's the main thing, is it's uh, is how confrontational mm-hmm. uh, she is and how dismissive she is to everybody else. And yeah, you get like that a little bit when you're drunk, but I'm sorry. that's fine. This is Ryan J. Riley's, like, I got this from his Twitter. He says, she treats this Republican like he's a Chick-fil-A employee and the milkshake machine went down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why? Because you guys did something crazy with it. <laughs> oh, but if you're not, well, you got to see the eyebrows. So, I mean, just to keep it on topic. So, Rudy, I don't know if he's doing this in order to obtain a pardon because pardons are flying fast and, and free or it looks like they're going to be. I mean, I don't know. He, he, uh, yeah, he stands hard for Trump and I don't really necessarily understand why. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point, but my I'm I'm still concerned about Rudy because while he does stand hard for Trump, he's embarrassing and mm-hmm. I don't know if Trump is going to have his back if he embarrasses Trump as he st- continues to do. I kind of doubt it. I think he's primarily being investigated due to his ties with some uh Ukrainian shady money people. Oh, is that the story now? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> it's it's like investigating somebody's son for ties to Ukraine. Yeah, well, this was an when order. Actually, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. Sorry, um, the song actually makes sense now. <clears throat> no, he he was digging up. He was trying to dig up dirt using some some shady techniques with some right, right. shady connections. I uh, really don't recall the details about the story, but I, I do believe that he's under investigation. I feel like I might've heard that in passing, but yeah, I don't, don't have details about it either. Um, I don't know if Giuliani is uh, being watched or being, you know, investigated over any of that necessarily. What I do know is that right now, uh, another person that Trump is getting to be on the outs with is uh, William Barr, who is head of the Justice Department. For a few reasons. He's the attorney. He's the attorney general. The Justice Department is investigating a potential crime related to funneling money to the White House or a related political committee in exchange for a presidential pardon. Um, there's a lot of missing details because this is just um, this is really like redacted documents and, and court filings that are just kind of barely coming out. Uh, we know how this goes when there are investigations. A lot of stuff is taken out. But essentially, earlier this year, uh, there was a federal raid on some unspecified office buildings, which yielded more than 50 digital devices with potentially incriminating evidence. And these have ended up in the possession of a filter team. I'd never heard this term before. Uh, it's it's a group who holds information from prosecutors in case it's privileged information. Okay. You know, like privileged information is uh, uh, between a lawyer and their client. Like, you're not really supposed to put that into an actual trial. That's mm-hmm. privileged information. Other examples of, of privileged information is maybe it's an, a matter of national security or, sure. you know, whatever else. Um, so now the prosecutors are asking for access to those devices because they believe there's evidence of a secret lobbying scheme and a bribery conspiracy that offers a substantial political contribution in exchange for a pardon or reprieve of sentence for a convicted defendant whose name has been redacted. Uh, there's there's a grand jury 
that that's been going over this and these motions or these requests have been filed and uh, a chief judge Beryl Howell reviewed the request for this info and in a court order uh, she said the the political strategy for obtaining a presidential pardon was parallel to and distinct from blank's role as an attorney advocate for blank so there there does seem to be kind of a, a pay-to-play thing going on here uh, this investigation always seems to relate to unnamed people acting as unregistered lobbyists to senior white house officials as they sought to secure a pardon and then send an intermediary with a bribe in the guise of a political contribution. So again, like nobody's really being charged with anything on this mm-hmm. yet. Like it's simply a, a request of information because it it could be that information, incriminating information is out there that was unrelated to something else. Hmm. And so now prosecutors want to get hold on that because they're like, well, this is incriminating information still, right? And... uh it just makes you wonder who this just this year, like who has received presidential pardons or reprieve of sentences and who has not, though we're kind of expecting that because we've seen a lot of Trump allies go down. Uh, Manafort, Michael Flynn, who is getting a pardon. Uh, well, Roger Stone. he got a commutation of his sentence and... Um... Because what Trump publicly announced at the time was a pardon would imply that you're guilty. And I know that Roger will fight this until he dies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're commuting his sentence instead so that he can maintain the facade of innocence or whatever. The facade. Um, uh, yeah. Good choice of words there. <laughs> that, that was, that was that's my choice of words. Well, so I know. That's, I do no, not yeah, think I, I didn't Trump think, has ever used that. I don't think Trump would ever use that word. Uh but yeah, I, I think that there's there's a few, there's potentially, uh, this, is, this is a very realistic uh, thing to expect. I, I, the question is, who? It's, it's a fun who done it now. Um, Trump pardoning his family and friends and potentially random people for uh, monetary donations. And of course, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. Him, himself yeah. for... Potent- for, for who fucking knows what. For potential crimes that have not um, been, no one's been accused of or indicted for. <laughs> I'm just yet, gonna say, as of yet. Next week, I'm totally going to steal. I'm going to dine and dash. Uh, I want to go ahead and pardon myself for that. I was well, really hungry. Here's my or thing. will be next week. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's talk to some legal professors. Is this legal? No president has ever tried to pardon himself, obviously. Hmm. So that's brand new legal territory. There's no precedent. And because it's not clearly spelled out in the Constitution, the answer is, yeah, maybe, sure. Yeah, maybe, sure. Uh, It it all comes down to what a judge decides. That's kind of how this administration rolls is, yeah, maybe, sure, that's legal. Why not? I mean, I'm glad I didn't spend the better part of a decade in law school just to find out that when it comes to, you know, constitutional law – it's like kind of whatever, you know, Yeah, right. whatever you can get away with uh, if you're willing to try for any and all crimes that he may be accused of in the future. Well, that, that one he is may have committed during that time in office. That one's pretty simple. All he has to do is stand in front of a mirror and say, pardon me. 
yes, of course. And, uh, yep. you know, then spin around in a circle three times and uh, the ritual is complete and yep. he's pardoned. That's in the Constitution. It's in the Who Constitution. Who fucking knew? Yeah. And remember, if you're an American living in America, you're a winner. Everyone's a win. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine, man. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, fine, man. Seriously, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Now, if he shot a guy in broad daylight on Fifth Avenue, on Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. that would be a different story. He could not be indicted or prosecuted for it, according to his lawyers, while he is president. So he could still be prosecuted once he's out of office if he killed someone on Fifth Avenue. I'm not so sure if he killed someone – if he shot someone on Pennsylvania Avenue, I'm not entirely sure. He might be – he might have immunity if he pardoned himself. Well, guess what I'm saying is he should get his jollies out now. Oh, he fucking is. It's purge night in the White House between now and whenever the next inauguration is due to take place. January 21st, I'm counting the fucking days. If it ever does. Now, I'm pretty sure that this is going to go through. Everybody is turning his fucking back on him. There's been... You know, he you was keep saying that. Yeah, because I'm seeing reports of it. I mean, just recently we were talking about how he's trying to, uh, you know, he's trying to tell the House, uh, I think it might be the Senate actually, there's a a funding bill for the uh, National Defense Authorization Act, which is just a bipartisan spending bill for the military. He's trying to tell everybody, hey, I'm going to veto that whole thing unless you strip away protections on social media platforms. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, people across the board, including a lot of Republicans, are saying, no, what you're proposing has nothing to do with this military spending bill. And no, we're not, we're not, we're not going to go through extra litigious work to, to do something that is unrelated to this. And uh, yeah, one, one unnamed GOP member was, was quoted apparently saying, we're sick of this shit. But again, that's just an, that's an un unnamed person so who knows like how how legit that is that person is a coward in the meantime there is an unrelated bipartisan uh spending bill that i wanted to talk about there's a bipartisan consensus of four senators uh two republicans two democrats i think it's uh, pelosi schumer uh, nancy collins and mitt romney uh who have proposed a $908 $908 billion uh, put forward to break the legislative stalemate uh, about stimulus spending. This includes $288 billion in small business aid for uh, PPP loans and such, $160 billion in state and local relief, uh, $300 per week in supplemental, in supplemental unemployment benefits through March, uh, $16 billion in vaccine distribution, mm-hmm. uh, and it would allocate funds for child care and broadband internet. Uh, this was proposed. If they don't get a vote on it 
uh, soon, very soon, Congress is going to adjourn for the holidays to relax and spend time with their families while America increasingly becomes infected. ICUs are overrun. The unemployment rate is at levels not seen since the Great Depression. Eviction moratoriums are expiring at the end of December, uh, leaving many people homeless right after Christmas. And there won't be any more stimulus in 2020. I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard that about how there's not likely to be any actual stimulus bill or spending this year. That, yeah. Uh, well, said, I mean, certainly when it comes down to uh, people are asking a lot about like uh, the stimulus checks. Yeah. The consensus now is, yeah, you don't hold your breath for that. No pun intended, uh, because there's, there, you're not likely to see anything uh, in December of this year. It's not going to be until January or February until the wheels really start rolling on that. I yeah, completely unacceptable. And well, it's just like I saw a thing uh, today that uh, Biden was asking about, you know, any tentative plans for a vaccine rollout. And he's been told, yeah, there's no plans. There's whatsoever. no plan. Yeah. So billions of dollars have gone into vaccine research. Yeah. Just throwing it in in the dark in the hopes that, you know, we can r- rush a vaccine, which we did, which is amazing. And no money allocated to distribute it. Yeah, it seemed like nobody's even picked up a phone to try to figure it out at this point. So, Senate Majority Leader and diehard villain Mitch McConnell (laughs) has quickly shot down the proposed bill, uh, stimulus bill, uh, but is prepared to accept a much smaller and targeted relief package uh, appended to a government funding bill that Congress needs to pass on December 11th. Uh, I think we actually have a clip from an interview with Mitch McConnell. It seems desirable that those of us with means should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly at this time. Provision? Are you seeking money from it? Many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. The workhouses, they're still in operation? They are. I wish I could say they were not. The treadmill, the poor houses, still in full vigor? All very busy, sir. (laughs) I was afraid from what you said that something had stopped them in full force. A few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and food and warmth. Oh, what can we put you down for, sir? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, gentlemen, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself at Christmas. And I can't afford to make idle people marry. My taxes help to support the public institutions which I have mentioned, and they cost enough. Those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, perhaps they had better do so and uh, decrease the surplus population. Surely you don't mean that, sir. With all my heart. Now, if you will go about your business, gentlemen, and allow me to go about mine. Uh, my bad, that was Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, I think our best hope is that either Mitch McConnell will be visited by three ghosts on Christmas Eve or that conspiracy-minded Georgian Republican voters stay home on Election Day for the runoff rather than participate in what they're being told is a sham election. Yeah, I'm willing to bet on the latter for that one. I would love to see Mitch McConnell visited by three ghosts and uh, hopefully each each one visits uh, uh, their own form of torment on him. Uh, that'd be cool. 
it'd be comical too. It'd be, you know, it'd be Scrooged too, except for like a horror story. I'm sure the first <laughs> ghost will take uh, McConnell back to his days as a young, as a plucky young, uh, fucking peanut farmer. I don't know what. God, can you imagine what young Mitch McConnell looks like? Uh, photography doesn't go back that far, <laughs> from what I can tell. I just Googled young Mitch McConnell, and there's only pictures of an old man. An old man. Oh, early life and education. Okay, I actually have a photo of a, a, a young turtle-faced man. I'm sorry, his high school was called DuPont? It's French for the pond. I see something about uh, the American Revolutionary War. He fought in that, too. <laughs> uh, well, apparently he got the polio. <laughs> he received a treatment at the Roosevelt Warm Springs Institute for Rehabilitation, which uh, probably saved him from being, being disabled for the rest of his life. He stated that his family almost went broke because of the cost of his illness. So, yeah, I, I think the first ghost would take him back to his early years at uh, DuPont uh, High School and his early polio treatments at the Roosevelt Rehabilitation Center. You know, get him good and softened up for that next ghost that takes him to the present. Well, I this mean... This might actually be a reverse. The future uh, it's is... It's a wonderful life. The future is always just as grave uh, in, in the uh, Ooh. Night, night Before Christmas uh, tale. You just get to see the future, and it's like, yeah, you're it's, fucking dead. Guess it's a, what? It's you, a Christmas Carol. It's not the night before Christmas, which is that is also not the name of that poem. Okay, uh, less the main point of a Christmas Carol is that he's uh, your your titular Scrooge. There is uh, taken to his grave, and it's like, yep, you died because you're an asshole. And guess what? Nobody cared. And that's basically the moral of the story, right? Or worse, people rejoice. Yeah, in your death. Was that worse? I don't know. Um, I mean, depends on what you're going for. I'm sure there are some people that get their kicks that way. Watching the season parade Dying trees and neon stars And plastic Santas for a penny Urging to celebrate
Joe here with the station break. Uh, just hopping in for a minute to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our show. Thanks for listening to KBSR Black Sparrow Digital Radio. You know how we do. Black Sparrow Digital Radio is fully independent. Uh, we've got a Patreon crew that helps us keep things going here and uh, you know keeps the lights on and everything. You can be a part of that too. If you sign up on the Patreon, you get invited to special quarterly events that we do at the Black Sparrow Music Parlor, and you'll get kind of insider access to some behind the scenes stuff and you'll get to meet all of the DJs on the network. There's, I don't even know how many of them. There's a whole lot. Um, you can go to blacksboromusic.com and look for the link to the Patreon. You can sign on there for as little as $2 a month. It's pretty easy. And, uh, you can get special shout outs if you sign up for more than that. Also, many of the shows, uh, have ad space available if you're wanting to, let people know about whatever product or service you have. Uh, everybody's willing to help put that word out there for you. There's plenty of details if you want to just kind of reach out to any one of the shows. There's a whole lot of them. Also, I want to say uh, thanks to Trev Wren and the Mental State Fair for letting us use that theme song that we got going out, Dying in Texas. Uh, you can find that on the SoundCloud. Uh, I think I put a link to it on our IG page. That's right, we got an IG account now. It's just uh, We Are Trying Show on Instagram. You can follow us there and get little notifications whenever we've got a new thing coming out or everything else. We've also got a We've also got an email. If you guys want to reach out and have some correspondence with us, it's we are trying show at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, um, I would recommend getting on the Patreon for all the full updates about everything that's going on. We are talking about going to a podcast format. Uh, hopefully sometime this month, December. Um, so yeah, we're going to be branching out and be a little bit more easily available for everybody. Uh, for, for right now though, we're still doing the radio format, which means you got to get it while it's hot. If, uh, if you're not listening on the Black Sparrow app or online at blacksparrowmusic.com slash radio, then, uh, you might not hear it. You might not ever hear it. All this great stuff. And, uh, of course, one last time I'm going to remind you that the opinions expressed here on We're Trying do not reflect the opinions of KVSR as a whole. Uh, you know, we, we got the freedom to do what we want to do here, and, uh, we certainly take advantage of that. So, if there's any kind of issues you got with what we're saying, uh, we're ready to hear you out. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, you know, aggressive or anything about it, as I sometimes joke I will be. Uh, yeah, get it at us at we're trying show at gmail.com. Well, anyway, um, 
Hope you're enjoying the show. And uh, I'm going to just let you slide right back into that. All right. Bye. to take a minute because you know you talked about Giuliani uh, for a minute there uh, Giuliani who is a lawyer uh, albeit a very bad one and uh, it was reminding me of another thing that I've heard about this week uh, when it comes to bad lawyers you remember um, of course you know, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, the teenager who killed two people in Kenosha Wisconsin during protests earlier this year uh, he's awaiting trial he got his uh, two million dollar bail right and a lot of that was uh, fundraising. But before he hits trial, uh, his lawyers are dealing with some legal issues, too. So John Pierce, who has uh, who was supposed to be his lead attorney uh, in this case, uh, he's been kicked off the case after a discussion about some legal fundraisers being used as a slush fund for Pierce and his financial woes. Now, Pierce and another attorney, Lynn Wood, started the hashtag fight back foundation and yes hashtag is in the name of this foundation <laughs> uh, the little the little ampersand thing there uh they started that earlier so that's where linwood came from yeah linwood started this thing it's technically his but uh pierce was on board with it they started that earlier this year the same year that john pierce is getting sued by four different payday lenders and a legal services company for unpaid bills Another lender has accused his firm of owing $65 million. All that, plus an unspecified rehab stint for Pierce, aligned with an exodus of more than 60 lawyers from his firm. Uh, that's all happened recently. Mm. Uh, now, the state prosecutors allege that he has no income and monthly expenses of over $49,000. And also, he's $1.2 million in debt and is also being sued for violating the rental agreement on his $1.3 million home. So that's why he's working for Trump pro bono. Pro bono. Um, wait, who's doing that? Lynn Wood? No, I'm talking about John Pierce. Okay. John Pierce is the one who had a law firm that is dealing with all of this shit. Mm. But he is also was on the board and was with Fightback Foundation. And prosecutors pointed out that he is in all these financial straits. He's millions of dollars in debt. He's being sued by multiple people for unpaid bills. And his law firm, 60 people have fucking walked out, probably because they're not getting paid. And so it was pointed out that this uh, fund uh, that they've made for Kyle Rittenhouse and his like legal stuff is probably just going to be a slush fund for John Pierce to figure out his own shit he says that he has no part of the uh, fundraising but he actually only stepped away uh after revelations that hashtag fightback was tossing money to his totally fucked law firm so he was still there as late as uh, september the uh, fightback by the way has a i guess like a nebulous mission of going after media outlets that the right doesn't like and pierce says it was always planned to step away from representing Rittenhouse and to let Fightback Foundation figure it out. But the Fightback Foundation has shifted their focus to overturning election results. So part of me wants to be like, man, Kyle Rittenhouse, like you're, you're this darling of the right. And all of these people gave 
just millions of dollars to you to get bailed out of prison. And they're using it to revitalize their law firm and make themselves relevant. They're using not no, not to revitalize their law firm to fucking pay off debts because they're fucking crooks. Like it's ridiculous. And so Pierce has been kicked off the case. Lynn Wood has moved away from it. Uh, Fight Back Foundation is basically like, oh yeah, we did our job by getting bailed out of prison. Anyway, we're gonna, we still have all this other money. We're gonna use it now to challenge the 2020 election. But also, like, I don't, I don't have sympathy for the guy, and I don't have sympathy for this guy Pierce. Like, sounds like he's got a drug habit, and uh, he is a bad lawyer and a huckster and uh, a, just a dishonest person. And uh, yeah, that whole his Rittenhouse's whole legal team is imploding. Because of some some right wing swindlers that decided to get in and stand up for him and then just take a shitload of money from the American people in the name of defending him. Mm. And all they've done is get him bailed out. And now he's kind of being left high and dry, this kid. Uh, which, hey, fine, fucking deal with it. You know what? There's not very many people that get $2 million crowdsourced to get them out of jail. I feel I feel more sorry than for all the all the people that gave money to the Fightback Foundation. I don't. No, I mean not really, but I feel more sorry for them than anybody else involved in this story because they're they're the the fucking everyday victims of of this uh, culture war. You this know? is so the GOP money machine is in full force and have uh, they've collected even more money since the election than they did leading up to it. <laughs> Uh, just since the election, they Why? have collected it. Like goes up by like a million dollars at least every. Like it goes up by like two million dollars every time I hear this number. Oh, fucking Christ! Um, but they they've collected two hundred and seven million dollars uh, from uh, Trump supporters just since the election, uh, as primarily part of what's supposed to be an election defense fund. In actuality, that money can be used for anything, and a lot of it's going to a slush fund. Sounds right. I mean, if there's anything we know about uh, Trump and funds is that he's not allowed to run a charitable organization anymore because of how he handles money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, honest, he is. Well, let's not forget about Trump University, too. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, that was like officially declared a scam, but, uh, yeah, small donors might be in dire financial straits right now, but, uh, y'all don't like that. Stop you tithe to Trump. I don't know if you could hear my eyes roll right then when she said that, but, uh, know that they did. I think we have a clip. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing. Mm. Don't you stop sowing offerings. Well, they won't let us go to church. Well, email it in there, text the give or something, but you get your tithe in that church. If you have to go take it down there and drop it off and unstick it under the door or something, right, you right. get that tithe in that church, you get that offering in that church. I keep fucking up the clips today. Uh, that was not Trump. That was prosperity gospel megachurch pastor and Poltergeist 2 villain, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. Man, I'm just not good at this. Yeah, I think you well, should do the editing next week. <laughs> it's, you know what? Here's the thing. They all sound the same. Yeah, pretty much. A yeah. slightly different accent. Same crazy eyes. According to New Yorker contributor John Cassidy in this article I was just reading before the show, uh, if you want to see how the Trump world works, register on the campaign website, which is still up uh, because he never stopped campaigning. and He never will. Right. Here's some of the daily barrage of fun texts that he's received. And... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm using emphasis for all caps, so picture that if you're picturing it in your head. Eric Trump, colon, almost out of time. Our end-of-month fundraising deadline is almost here. Prez Trump activated a 1,000% impact for one hour. Donate. He says, after I failed to click the accompanying link, uh, link to become one of the campaign's impact donors, the Trumps kindly gave me another chance. This is Don Jr., I spoke with my father, and he's reactivated your 1,000% offer for one more hour. Donate now. Again, I failed to click the link, but that didn't that didn't get me off the hook. Uh, <laughs> Prez Trump, I upped the stakes and extended our end-of-month election defense deadline. All gifts in the next hour will make a 1,000% impact act. This sounds like a sell for Wild Willie's Discount Electronics or something. I trust Wild Willie way more. Yeah. Yeah, Trump is no stranger to high-pressure sales tactics. Years before he became president, employees of his Trump University, which wasn't a, u- a university at all, allegedly encouraged people, including the elderly, to max out their credit cards to take courses that many said were worthless. The campaign is similarly relentless. On Tuesday morning, I got another notice which said, Final notice! Prez Trump extended your 1,000% offer. We need you to help us stop this chaos. Donate now! If you click on the link, it takes it takes you to a WinRed webpage that features a picture of Trump holding two thumbs up. President Trump is counting on you to defend the election, so he asks us to extend your 1,000% offer. Now, if, if, if you uh, click on this, there's a number of boxes with suggested donations ranging from $45 to $2,800. If you contribute the higher amount, the page says you can join the election defense team, the Trump 100 Club, okay, and the First Family Circle. What actually happens to your money if you read the, uh, you know, fine print, anything less than a, like, a, I think a $5,000 donation pretty much enters a slush fund. But wait, are you telling me that if it's over $5,000 and they actually match you at 1,000% to offer, what, $5 million? <laughs> Who's matching who? What the fuck is happening it, right now? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, it says here, so whereas uh, rules governing campaign PACs, uh, political action committees are fairly strict, the rules for leadership PACs are scandalously lax. Politicians use such funds to make campaign donations to other candidates in their party. So Trump could end up doing this too, kind of doubt that he will. Uh, But he has many options, including directing some of the donations to himself and his children. He could decide to pay himself a million dollars a year out of the legal fund. Mm -hmm. He could pay Don Jr. and Ivanka. Mm -hmm. I mean, that money could go to the GOP or other candidates. He's not a really strategic, you know, like he's he's not a real Republican. So I I doubt that any of that money, uh, some of it may be allocated, you know, to the GOP, uh, to, to loyalists. Yeah, like, but not it, in a strategic fashion. You know, in a roundabout way, it'll go to the GOP. By which I mean, it'll go to a few people in the GOP who have like defended him and stuck up for him, and probably also donated money to him. By the time this airs, there will be over three thousand COVID deaths a day in America, hmm. and also <laughs> the Trump slush fund post election. Post being ousted from office because he lost the election, mm-hmm. uh, will probably be over four million. Yeah, that's entirely plausible. Yeah. Yes. Jesus Christ. Well, that's that's I guess where where my question is is like, uh, 
we say small donors. Regular like they, people, they not, can't be, not super rich people. Yeah, that can't. That doesn't seem logical that it would raise by such numbers. I like know it's that. crazy. It's crazy because you you're only going to donate once, right? Unless he's actually giving that thousand percent, and that's like how it's adding. <laughs> what up. do you mean he's giving it? Where's that money? Come- I'm sure he has other money he's trying that's, to launder. I he think. has other money he's trying to launder. Yeah, yeah and then part he's got to do it fast because. Again, this is the purge, and you yeah. you only have till inauguration day to commit all the crimes and then pardon yourself. Yeah, January is going to be a fucked up month, y'all. Um, that's just how it is. It's going to be a very dark winter. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hey, <laughs> uh, we have fun, don't we? One more. Hey, you know what? I don't have like a, well, I kind of had a fun fact, but it's kind of a long drawn out thing. So maybe I'll see if I can whittle that down for next week. But I did have one fun thing, one cool thing that I did want to go out on for whatever this is worth. Uh, today, uh, Friday, the House uh, passed federal decriminalization of marijuana. That's fun news. I That's, like that. It's good news. It's uh, it shows It shows actual progress within the ranks to... Kind of acknowledge that the war on drugs is a is a bust, and drugs won. You know, um, love it. And so it's likely going to die in the Senate, of course. Uh, but this is still it's it's a step forward. And I think that if if there is a potential that it does pass through the Senate, then that means that we could actually be on an economic road to uh, a better place as as a nation. Can you imagine? It also won't be so spooky to live in uh, Williamson County anymore. You know what? I should hope so because with what I've seen uh, today, there are so many police downtown. You'd think that the the feral hog problem landed in downtown Taylor. They never come here. They never come to my backyard. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want them in our backyard, but... Uh, yeah, it would be really nice to see uh, this reform go through and to see... To see retroactively, people's have uh, you know federal charges taken off of their record over this. Uh, it's, it's what's being put through in the Moore Act. Yeah. Hey. So thumbs up to Congress. Uh, y'all, so y'all keep plugging anyone, away. Keep anyone that's it. actually been imprisoned as a result of possession. So what this means is essentially there is still the state it, rights. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah. State rights always trump yeah. the federal rulings. But yeah, you you no longer have to worry about having this felony charge of automatic time and now losing your right to vote and wow. and everything else uh, over over some weed. You know, and I don't I don't know how Texas is going to roll in the future if they're going to vote to kind of like capitalize on this industry or not. I fucking think they should. I think it's only common sense. Uh, I think if it wasn't so goddamn politicized, Texas Republicans just should want that up, extra man. tax revenue, that extra ability to exploit. Yeah, I thought, uh, y'all, I thought y'all liked farms. That could be a pretty good cash crop here in Texas. But yeah, absolutely. But there's our, there's our show. You hey. could you could rotate your sorghum and your marijuana. What's what's weed season? I would say it's always weed season. Yeah, especially with these hackberries coming up everywhere. Am I right, guys? Hackberries, they just keep coming up. They're weeds and they're trees. What are they? Are they a weed or a tree? I don't know what to do with them. Thanks for tuning into the confused botanist <laughs> with Jen. Well, that's the show, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And um, thanks again. 
I think to uh, Trevor Wren for <laughs> giving us some some music. Oh, uh, we were gonna say that on the top of the show and we forgot. Yeah, we'll dub it in. Uh, but well, we're not dubbing anything in. We're gonna say it right now. We have switched up our theme song. Uh, we're gearing up for a new. We're trying with Jen and Joe. Yeah, we're we're trying two point oh. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair. Uh, yeah, for, really for providing us with some good music. Super appreciate that. Uh, we're going to be segueing to a more podcast friendly format. Uh, those listening live, you might still hear some music here and there, uh, but otherwise, we're going to go to a podcast friendly format uh, where we are not using copyright materials. Uh, we are using materials that have been given freely. Uh, we will still be using uh, fart noises and uh, all of that good yeah. stuff. So if you're if you're worried about us being you know podcast elites, hey, it's a whole world of fun and uh, and, and get up get up on it. There's going to be a lot. There's a lot of good stuff on the network on KBSR. Come for the political dreary discussion. Stay for the fart jokes. Yeah, have a conversation about uh, beer on the way. I am drinking Bell's Two Hearted Ale. That's an American IPA because uh, my local store doesn't like to stock pretty much anything but ales, pale ales, IPAs, I've, I've and in, imperial uh, IPAs. I've put in my formal request uh, with the chef down the street, told Z, hey man, you need some porter. Give me give me paper and pen and I'm going to write down what, what note you need to leave for the owner. These are the beers I need for the, the winter. Owner. Nobody there drinks beer. No, but they buy beer and then resell it. Primarily to us. Mostly. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening, though. Uh, I have been Joe. I've been Jen. And we've been trying. Sit down.